Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Hello everyone and welcome once again to our online church platform. It's always a blessing to be able to fellowship around the Word of God. Uh, It's exciting today to be able to share with you some of the feedback of the men's meeting that we had this weekend. Amazing time with the men. Uh, Once again emphasizing faith but emphasizing the importance of being discipled and having that journey of growth spiritually as an essential. So if you're a man and you're not in a disciple a relationship, if you're not in a connect group, please make it a priority to set that right. Align yourself with leadership in the church. There's grace that's flowing and we want to make sure that God's purpose concerning your life is being fulfilled. I also just want to touch on the announcement concerning Discover Spiritual Family. That is the place where people become actual, formal, uh, official members of the church. You might have been with us for many years and and uh, you have not yet actually made a commitment to be a member of the church. What does that look like? It means that at this meeting, we are going to be discussing the intricacies of how leadership operates in the church, how finances operate in the church, what is the expectation from elders, what's the expectation from members as well, and other uh, other subjects, so that you're able to make a commitment. You know, uh, a plant only flourishes when it's firmly uh, rooted in the soil where it's supposed to be. And many of us are like unrooted plants moving around, sometimes visiting many different churches. And God has a purpose for the place and the church where he's adding you to. And we believe that if that place is here, if God is speaking to you concerning uh, being added to this church family at every nation here in Dorado, it's so important that you take uh, the time to be at this meeting. Don't miss it. With that commitment to say at the end of it that you are actually going to commit to become a member and there is a certificate that we will issue to you and then there will be special meetings for for members only that will be exclusive for for those of you who are members it also implies that your finances and your tithing and your offerings will move from whichever church you you previously used to commit to or maybe you're not even someone who used to believe in that but at, at, at this meeting, we will be discussing this. It will be an opportunity for you also to meet the elders and the leaders and to ask the questions that you may have so that by the time you make that commitment, it's a commitment from the heart. And so uh, that's something that we want to emphasize as highly, highly important. So take note of that. And so today we're continuing with our series that we started last week called Honoring God in Your Work Life. And Malcolm preached a message last week powerfully concerning honor in work. And it's so important that you go back to that foundation. Uh, it is the, the month of Workers' Day and Labor Day that we're celebrating. And it's in that context that we're looking at as well. But we're also celebrating Ascension Day today. And we did not necessarily want to have an Ascension Day message specifically just on the day, but we are celebrating that since the resurrection of Jesus, which was 40 days before the Ascension of of the Lord, he then ascends into heaven speaking to his disciples about how he will return in the same way, but also about the mandate to go and make disciples. And it is so important that we understand that as a church, this is our focus, that we are here to make disciples awaiting the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Christ. The ascension also refers to the fact that we are ascended together with Christ. That in baptism, we are buried together with him. We come out of the waters as if resurrection. But then we are also seated together with him in heavenly places. And we will make time to teach specifically on this. Even as we dealt with the resurrection, the ascension is not something that is only to be taught on the ascension day. But there are implications about our perspective and our authority in Christ, our position in Christ, which is tied to the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to pray for us as we go into today's message, and then we'll get into the word. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that your word is living and active, powerful. It's transforming our lives, transforming our families. And I pray that our hearts will be receptive today. With humility, we approach your word. Speak to us today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today we're going to be dealing with diligence. Last week we spoke about the foundations of work, honor in work. Today we're dealing with the topic of diligence. Uh, the following week we'll deal with the topic of slavery and the importance of understanding that. Obviously there are so many connotations in slavery together with Christianity, but we'll see what the Word of God has to say about that. And then on the fourth week we'll talk about spiritual work and spiritual labor. The dynamics of understanding that there are things that we do spiritually which are productive and are as a diligence that we apply and that our expectations from the word of God that apply to us as well. Awesome. So as a start, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24, I'm reading from the NIV. It says this, diligent hands will rule. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. What is diligence? The word diligence basically means to do something with great excellence, with great skill, to do something quickly, so not, not letting it lie till and delaying it, but doing something skillfully. It has an element which relates to the speed at which you do it. It has an element which relates to the excellence at which you do it. It has an element which relates to the experience and the knowledge that you're applying to the work. It has an, an element of, of discipline, of doing it in an excellent fashion, in a, in a meticulous fashion. That's what diligence means means. And most people are not well acquainted with that word because most of the time they take their time in doing things. The quality of the output of the work that they're applying does not really have any bearing and, and, and it's not really being prioritized. But I am here to share with us today that diligence is the high road when it comes to work. Last week, Malcolm spoke about the importance of work and the fact that work was there even before the fall. So work is not as a result of the curse, but work is something that is giving us a sense of meaning, a sense of purpose. But it shouldn't just be work. It must be done in a certain way. There must be a spirit, a style to the work that we do that speaks of who we are and speaks of who God is and speaks of the spirit that is inside of us. 
And so we're going to go through seven principles concerning diligence that you can begin to apply to your life today and that will cause you to enter into a place of rulership. And we'll see why that is the case. But the whole, the whole creation is built in such a fashion that those who are diligent are actually able to bring forth the greatest value out of their lives. So I'm reading firstly from Proverbs chapter 6, the principle number one, we're going to look at the first principles through lessons from an ant. And uh, the first principle is this, ants are self-led. This is the first principle of diligence. Diligence shouldn't come because you're being watched or because you're being managed well. It should come from within. Proverbs chapter 6, we're going to read from verse 6 through to 11 and elucidate the principles. The first principle is that ants are self-led. This is what, what Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 6, the wisest man and the, the wealthiest man that existed. He says this, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, and yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. Now look at this. He, he says that you can actually pick up diligence and you can uh, pick up the, the wisdom of the ant and apply it to your life. And the, the first principle that you must understand is that this should not happen because you're being forced. You must begin to realize that there is a fruit of the Spirit called self-control. God does not want you to have so much influence on the externals as much as He wants you to be governed from within. So that's the first principle. You must take responsibility for your own life and begin to be like the ant and say to yourself, look, from today, I'm going to begin to decide that I'm going to make a difference in my life. You begin to set your own goals, begin to set your own agenda agenda and begin to apply an attitude of diligence. In verse 6, he says, go to the end. It, it, it almost implies that this is not something that you're going to learn just because you were born. You have to learn it by looking around yourself and you have to le learn by looking at the end. And then he identifies, he says, you sluggard. A sluggard is a lazy person, someone that leaves things to really deteriorate. We, all of us know colleagues like that. All of us know friends and family members who are sluggards. Amen. And it's so important that we consider the ways of the end. And it says that it is a form of wisdom. When you apply diligence into your life, you're applying wisdom into your life. And it says this, it has no commander, no overseer, and no ruler. It's amazing. When you look at ants going about their business, it's almost like they're uncoordinated, but there is such an excellence and a diligence to the way that they operate. So the first principle is this, ants are self-led, and so should we be. If our boss is not the kind of person that's always watching us, if uh, uh, the person who manages us is not always watching us, some of us are entrepreneurs, so you have to manage and lead yourself. You have to set your own timelines, and that is where diligence starts. Waking up early in the morning because you set a time. Doing the right things at the right time because you are having a leadership that comes from within. And it's not difficult for those of us who are filled with the Holy Spirit because we have that motivation coming from the inside. Principle number two, 
Ants don't sleep. Now, I don't know whether that's biologically true. They probably do sleep. But what he says here in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 to 11, verse 9, he says, How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And so he begins to highlight the attitude of a sluggard in comparison to the ant. And the ant, if you consider any time of the day, you might be looking around wherever there's food and there's ants that have access to that, you will see them in a trail busy working. And that should be the mindset and the mentality of someone who is diligent. One, they should be self-led. Two, they should not love sleep. Now, it's important that you take your time off when you are tired in order to sleep. It's advised between six and eight hours you need to do your sleep. But if you love sleep, I'm telling you that you are at risk of not reaching your full potential. And so there's a balance. You should not love sleep. You should love your work. You should apply yourself to your work. And when you're tired, you should sleep. Malcolm last week spoke about how God created the earth in six days and on the seventh he rested. And the proportion between work and rest is that you work six out of seven times and then one out of seven is what you should apply to sleep. And many people actually in their attitude are sleeping. They might be busy doing the things that they need to be doing in their life. But in the way that they Uh, taking advantage of the opportunities that are going around, the opportunity to study, the opportunity to work, the opportunity to start a business, the opportunity to invest, the opportunity to be working in the things of the Spirit, the opportunity to be making disciples, to be in the Word. They, They lose those opportunities as if they are sleeping, even though they're awake. You know, and the worst is like when I see people sleeping in church, you know, the the word of God is coming out to you, the transforming power is coming out to you and the person be sleeping. And it's so important that you awake, O sleeper, right? Awake to righteousness, awake to who you are in Christ, awake to the opportunity, awake to the potential that God has placed inside of you. Once you are awakened to that, you will see, you will love to do the things that need to be done because you have an understanding and an awareness of the opportunity that you're applying yourself into. And so if you're like an ant, you shouldn't love sleep. You should apply yourself in your work. That will be one of the principles of diligence. Principle number three from the ant is that ants cannot be poor. (laughs) Ants cannot be poor. Proverbs 6 in verse 11 continues. He says, go to the ant, you sluggard, and consider its ways. It doesn't have a leader. It, it goes about doing what it needs to do. And then he says, look at you. You're sleeping and, and you, 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 you're turning fold, a little bit of folding of the hands, a little bit of turning in the bed and in the blankets. And this is what he says in verse 11. And poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. And it is so that even in the previous verse that we read from, from Proverbs uh, chapter 12, verse 24, it says, diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in, in forced labor or in poverty. Whenever you're lazy, you always feel like you're forced to do the things that you need to do or should be doing, even if it benefits you. But people need to have an understanding that, look, if I begin to take ownership of my own life, begin to be self-led, begin to uh, put aside your 
your sleep and have a, a purpose beyond sleeping in your life, then it is inevitable that success will be your portion. And you might say, no, but I know people, you, you usually have this meme going around on social media where people say, yeah, work hard, work hard, and then they show this meme somewhere in Africa carrying like a pile of logs on a head, and then they say, oh, but this person is working hard, and yet they aren't able to succeed. I'm here to say that when we're looking at work, you must consider that there are different dynamics of work. You can't just look at physical labor and think that that is the way to success. You must consider that thinking is one of the most important works that you must apply yourself to. Study. Study is one of the most important works that you must apply yourself to. If you're looking at success in your life, productive life, you can't just think physical labor. You have to think, I must use the potential that God has given me in refining my gift, in refining my knowledge, because it's knowledge that brings revelation that allows you to take advantage of the resources that are around you. And if, even if we look at Africa, Africa being resource rich is poorer than certain nations that are using their brain capital, that are in the service industries. They will come and take advantage of the very resources that are under our feet. And so when we say that diligence brings about wealth, brings about prosperity, brings about success and fruitfulness. We're talking about a diligence not only in physical labor, but a labor that applies to your body, your soul, your mind, your spirit, and a comprehensive approach to diligence. Amen? And so that's very important. And so it says here, verse 11, that poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed robber. It will be, if you are lazy, I'm telling you now that, that you're wasting your life and poverty is on its way to you when you least expect it. There's a quote by Harry S. Truman, who was one of the American presidents. He said this, it was relating to discipline. He said, in reading the lives of great men, I found that the first victory they won was over themselves. Self-discipline with all of them came first. Self-discipline with all of them came first. So the first way to greatness is discipline. And that discipline, if it doesn't come from you, yourself, from within, self-discipline, it will have to come with the rod from the outside. It will have to come through the circumstances of life. And so if we're applying ourselves to wisdom today, if there's one thing that you can do is apply yourself to discipline, begin to increase the level of self-discipline that you apply. And look here, it's a fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is self-control. There is a help from the Holy Spirit. If you believe that the Holy Spirit is with you, and when you apply yourself to a task, begin to say, I have self-control. I have self-discipline. And uh, apply... Uh, and, and engage your task in that way. There's another saying that, that, that also goes, uh, in terms of the research that has been done when it comes to discipline, is that any area of your life where you improve your discipline, whether you start exercising or something like that, it will improve your discipline in, in, in other areas. This is amazing. So if you start disciplining yourself to read your Bible or to pray, that area might be, begin to influence the discipline levels when it comes to exercise, when it comes to your sleep, 
sleep, when it comes to how you work. So any area of your life where you can begin to start and say, let me start here, baby steps, I'm going to be more disciplined in this area. You'll begin to see the fruit of that discipline and the impact of that attitude running through the rest of your life and impacting you and you'll become greater. And, and the, the, the fulfillment of the potential, the greatness that's already in you will begin to be materialized. It's just the seed principle. The seed itself is alone, but the potential in there is not only for a fruit to come forth or one tree. It is multitude of trees. It is unlimited in its potential. That's how God made seeds, and that's how God made you. But the enemy knows this, and he will fight you to make sure that you never, ever see the fruit of your diligence. Now, principle number four, God is a God of excellence. I'm reading from Daniel chapter 1 verse 15. And these are the young Jewish boys that were taken into exile by uh, the Babylonian empire. And uh, so they are brought into the king's court because they were of noble bloodline. And so they're brought into the king's court to serve in a foreign government, in a foreign language, under foreign customs. Now, look here, what they asked the, the steward of the king not to defile themselves with the food of the king which was offered to idols but they wanted to just have vegetables and water and this is where we pick it up here in Daniel chapter 1 verse 15 it says at the end of the 10 days they look healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the, uh, the royal food verse 16 so the God took away their choice food the king's food and wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. Now look here at verse 17, very amazing scripture. It says, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding. Look here how God doesn't give like just physical strength. He gives knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. These are not spiritual things. These are natural things. Physics, biology, law, economics, uh, technology, whatever, science. That was the knowledge that God gave them. Because sometimes we have this idea that God only gives spiritual knowledge. So now in, 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 in the university or in your workplace, you'll just be speaking in tongues and you'll just be quoting scriptures when they say, uh, can you tell us what your theory is uh, concerning the economics and the macroeconomic factors that are affecting our profits? Then you are like, mm, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me. <laughs> That's not what they need right there. They need you to bring some real knowledge in the context. And God gave them knowledge. Watch here. And it, it continues to say, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. That's the spiritual part. So God gave them not only knowledge and understanding of all kinds in the area of literature and learning, but also in visions and dreams. So they had both. And you can have both because your relationship with God gives you access to the spirit that was upon Daniel and his friends. Hallelujah. This is awesome. You, once you believe this, you will begin to experience this. And I declare that there are some of you watching today that you might have felt like I never was great at school. I was always the one who never understood things, whether it's be mathematics or statistics or, or science or biology. This, this is the knowledge that God, the creator of these things, is able to give you. And on top of that, discernment. 
on top of that wisdom, on top of that interpretation of dreams, power of the Holy Spirit. Awesome. So God is a God of excellence and he will give you excellence. When you look at creation, the way that God created, it's systematic. The sun comes up same time every morning, set same time every day. The way that the earth is tilted, the perfection of the universe and our earth for life to be sustained. And then when you go into the cell, the, the most molecular structures of the earth, you can see that God is a God of excellence. And so his children are to be the same. And then it goes on, on verse, eight, uh, verse 18 of Daniel chapter 1, it continues to say, At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar, who was the emperor of Babylon, a foreign empire, ungodly empire. Right? For those of you who say, yeah, my boss is not a Christian, so therefore that's why I'm not prosperous in that workplace. Let's look what happened to Daniel, right? Uh, worse king than your boss. Verse 19, the king talked with them and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. These were their the Jewish names before they became Sadrach, Mesach, Abednego, those guys. And the, then it says, so they entered the king's service because there was none like them. When the king spoke to them, he didn't just hear, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall know. He heard great insight when it came to literature and knowledge and understanding and learning. It was excellent. And on the bonus for Nebuchadnezzar was that these boys could understand visions and dreams. And then verse, verse uh, 20, it says, look at this verse. It says, in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them. The king wasn't questioning spiritual things. Every matter of wisdom and understanding about the, which the king questioned them, he found them, look here, 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters and the wise men in his whole kingdom. <laughs> These are millions of people. The creme de la creme, the cream of the crop, the top, the, the advisors of the king in a place where, where God is not worshipped, full of idolatry. But if you consider the, the Babylonian empire, the way that they were elevating knowledge and engineering at that time, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah were 10 times better. What about you? Someone filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, all of that, it needs to show up in your workplace as someone who is excellent to the point of being 10 times better. <laughs> And you might say, oh, Pastor Chris, are you sure that that can, I'm telling you, it can be you. It can be you. This was not because Daniel and the boys were, were special. It was because God gave them. God gave them. And the word of God says in James that God doesn't judge when he gives wisdom to those who ask. Let any man who lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives without judging. Look here, the fifth principle, we're looking at Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29. The principle is this, diligence is promoted at all times and anywhere. 
Diligence is promoted. And you say, no, Pastor Chris, I've been diligent. I've been working hard. Stop talking like that. Apply yourself to diligence. It says the diligent hand will rule. It's just a matter of time. If you continue on diligence, someone will hear about you and will call you to their company from where you are. If that place where you are cannot see what you are doing, your diligence and your work will speak for itself and someone will come. Diligence is promoted at all times anywhere. Look at Proverbs 22 verse 29. Think of Daniel and the boys. It says, do you see a man diligent and skillful in his business? Question mark. He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Diligence is promoted at all times and anywhere. If you are diligent, it will be noticed, and especially in Africa where the standard tends to be so low, you just need to work a little bit, an hour longer, and all of a sudden you are the most amazing person. And that's not the standard that we are actually applying for children of God. Children of God need to be at the highest standard of the spirit, employing in them discipline, self-control, and diligence. Hallelujah. I want to speak to you with faith to say, come on, believe God for this. Believe God for impartation of diligence. Believe God. Let's believe God for that self-discipline and self-control to start working in you today. Today. This is very critical. So it's really no excuse. Once you begin to make excuses and you're walking with God, you will nullify God's power, right? He is with you to empower you, to strengthen you. If you don't make excuses, you apply yourself and God empowers what you put your hand to. Principle number six, diligence and prosperity begin inside. Remember the ant. They are self-led. Diligence and prosperity begin inside. Stop looking around for who's going to do what for me. Carry it on the inside. You must have an awareness of the spirit that is in you. And that spirit is a spirit of prosperity. It's a spirit that breeds success wherever you go. It's the spirit that created the whole earth so beautifully and even created mankind in design. That's the spirit that you have. Let's look here at Genesis chapter 39. So we've spoken about Daniel serving before kings. And what's amazing about Daniel is every time there was another empire overthrowing the other one, everyone would be cleared out of the king's court except Daniel. <laughs> Daniel was there for four kings. Everyone get killed and Daniel stands and he gets called like this guy. No, he's special. He, he, he needs to be with us. That's what God does. And so Genesis 39 Verse 1, we're looking at Joseph. Look here, Joseph just got sold by his brothers because of his grandiose dreams and all of that, his boastfulness. It says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt because some of you feel like a slave in your workplace and all. And we'll talk about slavery next week, but sometimes you'll feel like, oh, I can't prosper here. I can't do well here where I am. Let's look at what happened to Joseph. It says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph. That's it. 
What the Lord was with Joseph. That's all. He was a slave being sold. What did he have? Nothing. He didn't even have clothes on. When you get sold as a slave, you are sold naked so that they inspect you. And so Joseph was in that indignified place, but the Lord was with Joseph. Some of us, we sometimes ask, Lord, where are you? Just because we are in a situation that looks like God is not with us, the truth is God is with us. And when we recognize Recognize it. Look at what it says. It says, verse 2, And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. What? It says the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. How? I'm being sold as a slave. I don't even have clothes. I don't even have equipment to do what I'm... He was a prosperous man. When God looks at you, and God is with you, then you are a prosperous man. You are a prosperous woman. You are a successful man. A success, before the success even presents itself, God knows who you are. And you need to begin to realize who you are so that out of that revelation, you will begin to bring forth that fruit. Hallelujah. And it says, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian Potiphar. And his master, look here, his master, verse 3, saw <laughs> that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his head. Potiphar saw it. He could see this man came as a slave. Look how God, the Lord is blessed. It was observable by someone who doesn't have the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. When God is with you, no matter where you work, they will see, they will see. If you begin to realize that you are a prosperous person and not begin to complain, but recognize who is with you, watch. Verse 4, it says, So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him, and then he made him overseer. Look at the promotion. He made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. All he had, he put under his authority. So he saw, well, this man is prosperous. Look at the diligence. Look at the success that he carries. Look how he works. Because all he could do is observe the way that Joseph worked and approached his work. And out of that, he said, I want you to be in charge of every a slave. Slave from, from Canaan. No, sold. <laughs> and yet, observable. And then it says that... Verse 5, so it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Hallelujah. This is awesome. No matter what business you, be, you are working in, God's blessing is in you. And God's blessing will come upon that which you place your hand upon. So because you work there, that place will begin to be blessed. That family will begin to be blessed because you are there. That's the spirit of God. That's how it works. He did it for Joseph. He's no respecter of person. He did it for Daniel. He will do it for you. And then it says, and the blessings of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. The blessing of the Lord was on the Egyptians' property and all these things. That's why he said, give it to Joseph. It will prosper. Sometimes it's a disappointment that, that managers give things to Christians and then it just goes down. 
It shouldn't be that way. Amen. It should be the opposite. And if that happened to you, it's changing today in Jesus' name. And then it says, thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. He gave Joseph everything. The only thing he checked was when it came in his mouth. This is awesome. This is amazing. Diligence. The diligent man will, the skillful man will serve before kings. That's what the word of God promises. If you focus on being diligent, focus on being skillful, focus on applying your craft, focus on that. Do it so well. It will announce you around the world. And then last principle, number seven, diligence and prosperity, even in, even work in prison. (laughs) doesn't matter where you work. I'm telling you now, diligence will make you rule and will promote you. This is what happened to Joseph, verse uh, chapter 39, Genesis 39 from verse 19. It says that Joseph was falsely accused of rape. And so Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. Verse 20, so he took Joseph, threw him into prison where the prisoners were held, where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. Verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph, where? In the prison and showed him his faithful love. Hallelujah. This is what God promises us. I will never leave you nor forsake you, even if you are in prison. Look here what happened. Verse 22, before long, what does that mean? It didn't start on day one. And Joseph didn't go on a frenzy. Oh, the Lord is no longer with me because day one and day two and week one and year one was terrible. He was in prison for how long? 13 years. Right? Look at his attitude. So probably for the first few years, nothing. But the way that he was diligent, this is what it says. Before long, the warden of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. So Joseph got an office. Joseph got a cell phone because obviously he has to coordinate the operations. Joseph got a, a laptop, a Mac. Joseph got, he got stuff. He got enabled because of diligence, because of the spirit of God that was with him. He got in charge of everything. He got keys to the prison. Hallelujah. And the warden had no more worries, it says, verse 23, because Joseph took care of everything. Do you take care of things? When things get placed in your hand, the word of God says, if you are faithful with little, God will make you ruler over much. If you are unfaithful and dishonest with little, you'll be dishonest with much. Who is going to promote you? And so it's very important that you understand this is the same Lord that was with Joseph is the same Lord that is with us. And then it says the Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. You know, it's awesome. And today we're looking at how we can honor God with work. That's why we exist. We exist to honor God, to make disciples. The life that we live in honoring God is not only in our preaching, but our work speaks The way that we can make an impact in our communities is by our work that we do Monday to Friday. On the weekend, we celebrate. During the week, we are still making disciples. But it shouldn't be at the expense of the work and the quality and the testimony. Because like we preached last week, we are not serving for I serve as earthly masters. We are serving the Lord, and he's the one that is rewarding us. You know, I was doing some research concerning some of the archaeological finds that have been made in Egypt. And uh, there's a statue now. Uh, and um, 
this is this is a statue of uh, what they call Djoser. This is D J O S E R. It says uh, at the base of the of the statue, there's an inscription with the name Djoser and Imhotep, Chancellor of the King of Lower Egypt, Chief under the King, Administrator of the Great Palace, Hereditary Lord, High Priest of Heliopolis, Imhotep, the builder, the sculptor, the maker of stone vases. These were the titles that were given by the Egyptians when they made a statue for Djoser. They called him Djoser or Zaphanath Penea, right, was his Egyptian name. And the one who hears the voice of God is the meaning. And so this is... This is going to happen. Let me prophesy. This is going to happen. As you're listening, I'm prophesying to each one of us that from today, as we take up diligence and begin to say, Lord, I'm not going to make excuses. I'm going to say the Spirit of the Lord is with me, and I'm going to focus in and apply my life to producing diligently. And this will be the result. We will be brought into the courts of kings in order to execute the task that the Lord has for us and to begin to bring revelation even to those places. You might say, no, but I'm just a domestic worker. I'm telling you, domestic workers have impacted entire families. Don't underestimate the state where you are. God is able to promote you from anywhere if you're able to apply yourself to diligence. I want to pray for us today. If you're not born again, you need to get born again because the Spirit of the Lord is going to fill you once you are born again. But if you are born again, I want to encourage you to change the way you speak concerning yourself. Stop cursing your own talent. Stop cursing your own abilities. Stop despising your own uh, brain and say, ah, I can't understand maths or, or uh, science is not for me. Stop doing that. Rather, begin to read the Word of God. Wisdom will begin to be imparted. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Begin to grow in the things of God. Begin to grow in your relationship with God. Begin to work diligently, skillfully, with a quick time. Begin to apply yourself to knowledge and understanding. Don't only work with your muscles and like the lady carrying the the logs and, and, and carrying the water, but discover, innovate, create. This is the encouragement that I want to give to each of us. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you that you are doing something special in your people. Father, you're reminding us of of Daniel and, and Joseph and many others, God, that because of the Spirit of God that is in us, Lord, Father, convict us today where we have despised hard work and diligence and excellence, Lord. And, Father, open our eyes that we may see that we may see ourselves the way you see us and begin to apply ourselves with that skill and excellence. Let it be said of us, Lord, that you got to hire somebody from that church. You got to hire somebody who is a believer because the excellence in the work is tremendous and the innovation and the revelation is tremendous. Father, give us, Lord, give us, Father God, the grace today to be able to work more abundantly, work harder, Lord God, yet not... Yet not we working, but the grace of God working through us. This is my prayer as we receive the word today. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. So let's apply it this week. Let's start right now, wherever you are, whatever you do, whether it's your house, whether it's your room, start by cleaning your room, start by keeping your car clean, start by just carry yourself with a, an excellent, pleat your, you know, iron your shirts, you know, carry yourself, polish your shoes, begin to adopt the spirit of excellence in your life, discipline in your life, and it will spread. You'll be surprised this time next year, the kind of person that you have become. Have a wonderful, blessed week, and we will see you soon. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.